0: The Gospel from John chapter 8. These words of Jesus will serve as the basis for today's sermon. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: By grace alone, by scripture alone, and by faith alone. If you wanted to review the answer to the question how did we get here? Those are your answers. How did we get to be so blessed? By grace alone, you can trace it beyond time. You can take it back into the lap of God and say, what's in your heart? What's in your mind? What's your great thought? And his every thought was love. And his every thought was grace and mercy. It was there from the beginning and it was there before the beginning and it's still there today. By grace alone. By scripture alone. Of all the wisdoms and words that fill up this world, there was one that came from God. There was a scripture that God revealed to supplant, to eclipse, to replace all other wisdoms. In fact, to kind of do a demolition so that would, there would be nothing left but one castle standing. There would be one tower, one cross, and him crucified at the center of life itself. And we would not be satisfied, says the Apostle Paul, until we've taken every thought captive to Christ. Christ. And if you were to tell the story or try to make it up how this impossible scenario of unrighteous people standing before a righteous God would ever work their way through this gauntlet of endeavor or striving or works to be close to holiness, to be close to him and stand by his side, and then for God to say, I'll tell you the story. And it's not, I'll do something if you do something. I'll give a little if you. And it's not, I'll guarantee 50%, but you do the other 50%, or 25, or 15, or 10, or 5, or even 1. It's not one drop of sweat from your brow, not one word that must come from your lips, not one impulse that must originate from your own heart. But as God says, by faith alone, I'm just going to do it all right here. And he pushes his son, who sets you free, into the center of it all. And there he is, our Lord Jesus Christ. We treasure this as the truth. And you think about how all of these words Grace alone, Scripture alone, faith alone. It sounds so arrogant, sounds so boastful. It's not it's not the let's just find the common denominator of what we can agree on kind of congregation, isn't it? It's it's the it's the aloneness that Scripture says. We have to be this specific. We have to press this detail. We have to declare the glory of this God and praise his saving name in one face. In the Lord Jesus Christ, that's different from toleration. That's different from let's, let's just agree to disagree. You have to appreciate that about God's gospel call that he unleashes into this world, that he puts alone, alone, alone on the table. And it's beautiful. You have to appreciate that about Lutheran history, that there was a Martin Luther and many along with him and many after him who would stand and say, here, here, I'm going to stand and I'm going to say nothing other than the alone, alone, alone that scripture himself, that God himself has said that there would be a real reformation in this place. You get that about Lutheran history, and you get that about our Lord Jesus himself in today's gospel. You start with, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said. He's opening his mouth because he's unsatisfied with where they were at, even though they put their faith in him. He wanted to make sure their faith in him was alone, alone, alone and that they understood with clarity the specifics of a teaching that was never going to change, but would definitely set them free. Grace alone, and scripture alone, and faith alone, it's all here in John chapter 8. And so Jesus says these words to them so that he can unleash a relationship, he can make disciples, and so it is today, that it's always time for a truly reformation, that Jesus would make us this morning truly disciples. Truly free. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. That word really gets you, doesn't it? If you hold to, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. All of this language is meant to create links of a chain that will be bound forever if you hear this word. So in, it's like the discipleship chain. Okay? If you're going to really, my disciples, hear my teaching and hold to my teaching, and that teaching is the truth. And it's not just stale doctrine regurgitated generation upon generation. It's my teaching. That's truth. And it comes with this tremendous blessing. It sets you free. And you'll be set free. Jesus locks it all down. He puts it all and casts this, this vision in front of people, how he makes disciples, that you're not going to be disciples just by being close to me, just by following me around Galilee for a little while. You're going to be my disciples when you have my words. I'm going to make you mine. I will bring you into my kingdom to my as my disciples, my students, my subjects, by my words. By my teaching, that is truth, and will set you free. You really have to soak this in just a little bit to think about what Jesus has put in front of us, because it changes the way you think. How does it make you think about your own soul? If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. What teaching am I allowing to reside in there? What teaching do I have going through my head day in and day out? Whose is it? And where did it come from? It really is one of the things that creates a sort of sorrow, a sort of sympathy with your sharing, a little bit of something that's inside of Jesus as he takes these Jews who had believed in him and says, we need to get here alone, 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 a truth that sets you free and only in the sun. He's going to take them there. You feel a little bit of that. You share that with Jesus when you look at a friend and say, I'm also discontent. I am discontent. Not if you know my teaching, but you need to know his. It changes the way I look at Anna, my wife. She sits in a pew with the kids. She listens. She worships. She soaks in the gospel. If I let that be the only thing she has, don't I want to check on that through the week? Don't I want to see what she's thinking about, how she's processing life? Doesn't she think and pray about me? And the truth, the teaching that's going around my heart? Don't I have a responsibility to my children? It's called a Christian parent. Anybody else can put clothes and food on their backs and on the table. God has called me to be a Christian parent. What does it say to my kids if I don't have a devotional life with them at home? I send them to Lutheran Elementary School and wipe my hands. Somebody else is taking care of their Christian faith and I don't have to talk to them about it. Would I not undermine... If I if I do this in my own soul, am I not under, undermining the very word Jesus is trying to plant in? Am I am I freely letting the weeds grow among the good stuff and the good seed that Jesus is bringing? Don't I want to engage? Doesn't it just change when Jesus says it this way, when he says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. He's kind of a given that there's going to be a lot of weeds. He's kind of going into that zone to say, watch out. Be careful with the pasture stuff you guys are eating up. Hold on. So I care about that. And this dynamic is now in play. Every single relationship in life. How do I think about my parents? What have I said to them lately? I don't want to just leave them with my teaching. I don't want my kids to just have my teaching, my poor example. Have I apologized to them? Have I asked for their forgiveness? Have I forgiven, not just for myself, but in the name of Christ? They would hear the gospel from my lips. Do I ever say it? If you hold to my teaching, Jesus, as mine and no other, you are really my disciples, knowing the truth that sets you free. In such an important death or life, all or nothing, dynamic, the Jews replied, We're Abraham's offspring. What do you mean we need to be set free? We've never been slaves of anyone. What if I pointed out sin in my child? What do you mean I'm a sinner? I do good all the time. God can't possibly be upset with me. What if I hear it from a friend or a spouse or myself? How is it that an entire culture can be filled one little half-truth by one little half-truth at a time, building up plenty of mouths that are willing to say, "Ah, uh-uh, Jesus, don't you know we're Jews? Like, don't you know Jewish history? Like, we're Abraham's descendants, and we're not the idolatrous version that God punished so often ago. We're the cleaned-up generation. We're Abraham's descendants doing it Right? We're the righteous generation. We're not slaves in the way you're trying to make us slaves. We're not slaves of anyone or anything. And they throw this back at them. You have to see the great and the sinful power move at play in their hearts that they're going to spew this out back at the one who just said, if you hold to my teaching, and he just did a little bit of teaching... You're really my disciples? And they say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not teaching. We're Abraham's descendants. We don't need to be disciples. How is it that there could be so many different people in Martin Luther's day that would parrot and say the words, Jesus gives us a little bit and we're going to do the rest? Good thing we've got plenty of opportunities around us to earn God's favor and make up for the sins that we do each day. How is it that there's an entire culture with this widespread wickedness spreading like a wildfire among them in their hearts? How did that take place? You know how it does. Because it's always time for a truly reformation. And we pray, Come Holy Spirit, Move in us, though we be unwilling. Plant your truth deep within us. And what other kind of word or teaching have you ever heard of that talks to dead people and makes them alive? Whatever kind of word would ever come to such sinners and such rebel hearts and still say, in the name of the Father, sins are washed away. Whatever, whatever teaching have you ever fathomed that would pour out grace alone? by scripture alone, through faith alone, like you would have in baptism, that make you new again and, and born again and give you the status, just give you the status and say, this is what you are by my teaching. This is what my teaching means for you. I push Christ into the center, God says. There he is. You don't have it any other place, but it certainly fits the prayer, help us, Lord Jesus, to hold to your teaching that we may be truly disciples, truly yours, the teaching by which you make us yours. And despite their rebellion, Jesus goes into full truth mode. He doesn't like hedge the bets. He doesn't back off in any way. He continues to expound and he makes it all the worse. You're not just slaves in a lighthearted sense. He says, and he says it so powerfully, Very truly, I tell you, if anyone sins, that person is a slave to sin. And you know what about slaves? Slaves have no permanent place in the family. He not only just assessed them as sinners, And left it to the honesty of heart. No list of commandments. No laundry list of sins or crimes to expose. So do you need him to this morning? He just lets you be honest with yourself. If anyone sins, that person is a slave to sin. And then he piles up the darkness. And he casts them outside these These who believed they belonged at the table. These who said were Abraham's offspring, were a part of the family. He tossed them outside and said, you have no permanent place. You know what's truth about slaves? You know what the truth is? You have no permanent place. And suddenly they're cast outside the building and they're one banging on the door. Let us in, let us in. We're brothers and sisters. We're we're children and sons and daughters of Abraham. And we're knocking at the door. Don't you know us? Don't you know us? And he opens it on Sorry, I don't know you, slam. In the place of darkness, and the weeping and gnashing of teeth, it's a terrifying place to say, you have no permanent place. You know what's true about slaves. You have no permanent place in the family. And now they're knocking And if anybody has soaked up just a smidgen of his teaching this morning, you find yourself completely and utterly terrified. And that's when Jesus speaks to the terror. And he says, but a son is permanent. You know those great... There's great moments of parent to child where you say, but we're always going to love you. and But I don't deserve it, but I lost, but I went astray, but I did this to you and I still put you through this and I'm such a troublemaker. And the parents say, but we love you and "We're we're, we're what? We're always going to love you. You're always going to be son and daughter for us. Jesus grabs it and he says, you know what's true about sons? They have a permanent spot. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And it's like this grand procession of a key to those shut out the gates of paradise, tugging on the bars. Is there anything that could ever get us into heaven? And Jesus just settles the noise and calms the soul. And this grand procession of the key master. The key himself, he steps forward as the sun. Oh, we're all in all, and we get to watch him approach the gate and put himself in the lock and turn and the bars fling open and he's not satisfied unless every single one of us has heard by grace alone, by scripture alone, by faith alone, the son has set you free. And I declare to you today, to the glory of God and the proclamation of the son, but no matter what you've done or where you've been, what kind of a sinner you are, the sun sets you free indeed. And you are forgiven of all of your sins. And you have this massive celebration in this final line that we enjoy today, and we grab hold of it. And we say, Here I stand. And it's so beautiful. Brothers and sisters, Martin Luther could care less if I said two syllables about his life. Well, I guess I said four, just saying his name. But if today you heard the word of Christ and a conscience once bothered, now comforted, a sinner always struggling, constantly feeling guilty, understands the freedom in the name of Christ, then we have a truly reformation on our hands with the opportunity by God's grace and scripture and faith alone to be truly disciples, truly free. Amen.